0: Tango Tango Papa 2130, April 28th, 2023. Have we seen the actual reality of a monstrous crime or merely an illusion, the product of a tortured brain? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Tom Wiles here with you, coming to you from home. So I got home, uh, I guess it was uh, Saturday morning about 3, 3.30 a.m., and uh, so I've been home a uh, couple of days now, for a little, over a couple of days actually. And so I go back to work uh, Thursday. So I got one actually, one more day at home tomorrow, then back to work. Now, this last time I was out, uh, it was a a little bit over three weeks or so, and uh, things actually got quite slow. Uh, The number of loads that I pulled were uh, rather reduced and I you know the it was mostly yeah, caused by uh, just slow freight. So the freight seems to have uh, slowed down considerably. so you know I'd, I ended up doing a lot of uh, sitting you know kind of in between loads and that that really hasn't happened for quite some time. Uh, the last time I kind of remember it happen- happening, where I ended up sitting a fairly substantial amount was back in uh, I think it was in two thousand eight after the you know the great financial crisis kicked off. Uh, there was a period of time where freight slowed down. Now I didn't keep any records of it at that point, so I don't, you know, I have no, I, I don't really know how much I had to end up sitting. But uh, obviously, I made it through that uh, point, and uh, I'll make it through this. I, you know, I did. Now, whenever I bought the pickup uh, back in August of last year. I did go ahead and uh, finance it, even though I, you know, I could have, I could have paid, you know, kind of paid cash for it. But I did go ahead and finance it, and then I had the idea. Well, I'll just uh, pay, you know, pay more on it and uh, pay it, you know, have it paid off. Uh, basically, you know, like March or April of uh, 2024. But after – I don't know. I kind of debated back and forth and then once the – that Silicon Valley Bank, you know, it did the collapse Uh, and then I guess right after that, there's a signature bank out of New York City collapsed and then uh, Credit Suisse, uh, obviously from Switzerland – or, you know, uh, collapsed or whatever, or almost collapsed, had to be bought out. Uh, <clears throat> after that, I decided, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just pay this off. I don't think there's any problem with my bank, but uh, at the same time, I, <clears throat> I decided I would just go ahead and pay it off, and uh, so that's what I did. So I was able to pay it off, and so now I'm waiting for them to. Uh, they, you know, they'll send me the title. You know, so you know, every all things being equal, I, you know, I will save uh, even paying that off. You know, that loan off within a year's time. It probably would have cost me a couple of thousand extra dollars in interest, and so by paying it off, obviously, I'm skipping, you know, skipping the interest that I would have paid otherwise to the, you know, to the bank that made the loan. So, uh, and then otherwise I just plan on uh, continuing to work and, you know, just kind of save the money and financially I should come out about, yeah, I should have come out the same, you know. So, but even, you know, now the slowdown, this, Slowdown in loads may obviously that will affect my income because I am paid uh, by the load. You know, if I'm sitting, then I'm not making any money. You know, if I'm not, uh, you know, because I get paid per the mile. Per mile. But even if the, you know things slow down and they stay slowed down, uh, I'm going to survive one way or the other because I'm basically I'm out of debt uh you know now i do use uh like a credit card i do go ahead and you know use a credit card and I and i've talked about that before sort of run everything through the credit card and then uh pay it off at the end of the month and so i'll i'll continue to do that but that's you know that's pretty easy i'm not carrying a balance and then but otherwise i have no other debt and uh so what I intend to do is, uh, you know, I, you know, of course, I've got ongoing bills like utility bills and stuff like that, but those don't amount to a whole lot. So my biggest expense is uh, eating out. Is I'm spending usually I'd say about roughly a, on average about fifty dollars a day, which is kind of expensive. To eat out in uh, restaurants, but uh, then that's usually eating twice a day. Sometimes it can be a little more than that. Sometimes a little bit less, but it, it does add up. And uh, so I figure, as long you know, as long as I stay relatively busy, and uh, the uh, you know, and I'm able to kind of pay my bills and what have you, the the bills that I do have. Uh, and then hopefully even, you know, save some money on top of that, then it's worthwhile, it's certainly worthwhile for me to keep keep working. Uh, you know, now if it gets to the point where it costs me money to work, you know, that's a different story, but, uh, you know, we're not there yet. What's happened with the trucking business is when the virus hit, uh, of course, you know, the government was sending out all the money to people, and they were, uh, you know, all of a sudden people were ordering this and ordering that, and they were spending money on all kinds of things, and uh, that increased the demand for uh, trucking, you know, for you know things being moved around, and so trucking companies responded by trying to increase their capacity. You know, and not only large trucking companies, but of course, you always have a lot of little mom and pop type things, and you know, like single owner operators, and or uh, you know, like a really small trucking company with just a few trucks or whatever. And you know, so those kind of those sorts of things ramped up pretty quickly, and then so now. That, you know you can think of that, uh, all that money moving through the system from the, the government sending out the money. You can think of that as a sort of a giant uh, bubble or a bulge sort of going through a hot garden hose or a snake. You know the snake eats its meal and then it's uh, got this bulge that's sort of traveling down its digestive system. So we're past the bulge and uh, now we're on the back side of it and so there's this quote-unquote overcapacity in the trucking business. So we have overcapacity and what has to happen is that the capacity will have to shrink and this is just plain survival of the fittest economics. Uh, The uh, overcapacity will have to shrink in order to uh, accommodate Whatever demand there's that still remains, and so that is actually happening right now. So the way that works, there's going to be companies that simply go out of business because they can't, uh, you know, they can't deal with, uh, you know, the kind of the the post. uh, Well, I guess you could say post COVID or post uh, whatever environment and so you know and of course the big killer is debt especially you know trucking companies that have debt or any company that has debt or even individuals with debt debt is a killer you don't want to be in debt you want to you know you want to be debt free or at least be in a position like i was where when i did did uh financed the pickup last August I could have simply paid it off right then and paid cash for it but I determined that it was better to go ahead and uh, finance it with you know and I had the money that I could pay it off at any point. So that's you know if you can be in that position and that's that's obviously ideal the ideal position to be in but generally speaking you do not want to be in debt uh you know, unless you can you know have the cash to just pay it off if need be. So in any case, uh, so a lot of these companies are going go are going out of business right now and uh, that will continue. And then the like I say, the capacity is going to end up kind of shrinking back down and then, I think, you know, after that, we'll return to a more normal uh, time. Now, of course, the company that I work for is debt-free. It's a privately held corporation. It's debt-free. That's one of the things that they tout right on their website. So I – and they have the entire 18 years that I've worked there or worked for them. Uh, So – You know, that's kind of a big deal because then, you know, they're in a a pretty good position. Now of course they could still find themselves in a position where they would have to, you know, cut costs potentially if they had to, or even shrink their fleet if they really had to. But uh since they're debt free, they don't really you know, they don't have a, you know, payment structure that's sort of pushing them along. I guess you know. Just in the past few days, Bed Bath and Beyond went. Uh, they decided that we're just closing our doors. We're, that's it. We're done. They filed Chapter Eleven bankruptcy, and uh, so that no more Bed Bath and Beyond. And uh, you know, it's like you know, they had seven built this last year. They had seven billion dollars worth of revenue. I don't know how many stores that they still had, but at the same time. they still didn't have enough and of course the big problem with Bed Bath & Beyond as with a lot of uh, companies including retail, a lot of retail companies is that they had just all kinds of debt. You know, they love to call it leverage. Oh, we're just, we're highly leveraged like that's something smart. You know, no it's not. You don't want to be leveraged. That's just a you know it's just a euphemistic way of saying you know calling something debt, you know calling debt and make it make it sound like something really positive because it you know if if you're really you know if you're not in a position where you can pay something off, then you know you're kind of maybe in trouble, and especially if the the debt payments are very big, and of course uh you know, a lot of uh, th- things that people would borrow money on now are the house payments have been pretty big, and then the like vehicle payments could be pretty big. So, you really want to be in a position where your uh, expenses are small enough where you can, you know, if the worst happens, then you've got a plan B and a plan C. You can, you can, you should be able to get by. So, you know, and you don't want to be in a position where you're just living paycheck to paycheck. You know, you don't want to don't want to do that. And I know a lot of people do it, but just because it, you know everybody seems to do that, that doesn't make it. Uh, it's not really a wise move because then something really goes wrong. Then it's, you can just kind of fall like a like a you know bunch of dominoes being uh, knocked over. Because stuff happens with people. You know, people. You know, people not only can get laid off, but they can end up with uh, all kinds of of problems, especially families. You know that applies to you know where you have multiple people in a household. Things can go haywire, and you know you got problems. So <clears throat> anyway, I'm gonna you know survive. They've uh, already the asset manager called me this morning or this afternoon. And told me that he had, you know, the load, it picks up uh, early, uh, I'll pick it up early Thursday morning. And then that delivers to uh, Commerce City, Colorado, which that's a suburb of Denver. Uh, It delivers at 11 p.m. Mountain Time on the 28th. So... Essentially, Friday evening is when it delivers. So, should be able. it's like eight hundred miles. Should be able to do that with it, because I, you know, like I say, I plan on uh, picking the load up early. It looks like it's first come, first serve. Pick the load up early on Thursday, and then uh, drive part of the way to the Denver area part way and stop somewhere and then uh, take a break and then drive the rest of the way, uh, you know, drive the remainder and then try to time it so that uh, I get there, you know, maybe an hour or two before the uh, appointment time. Now, the only downside with delivering, you know, that late – You know, because it's probably going to be 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning when the load's unloaded. Uh, Delivering that late, the problem is going to be, you know, where am I going to park at after the fact? You know, because the the truck, there's truck stops in Denver, in the Denver area, but they do, you know, they tend to be full all the time because you have all the local guys, you know, parking there. They're using the truck stops as a parking lot. Plus, a lot of trucks like to park, you know. They just park, you know, like in cities. It's always a problem if you've got a truck stop right in the city or, you know, in an urban area. They tend to fill up. But, but we do have – the company, my company does have a drop lot so that uh, I can park there if need be. So that may be – that may end up being what I need to do. I don't remember the the place I'm going to. There might potentially be some on-street parking. Uh, So once the load's unloaded, I might be able to potentially park there. So we'll see, see how that goes. But... uh, So in any case... uh, not Like I say, I've been... uh, been uh, ended up sitting a lot, and you know that uh, can kind of get a little bit tedious after a while. You know, you just, especially if after you know you've been in a place for a couple of days, which that actually did happen. That actually did happen. I was, uh, I don't know. I did, I did make it out to Utah this last time, and then I also made it to, uh, I don't know, I think I was around uh, near Albany, New York, and then, uh, or, you know, what was the name of that, Something Springs, it was kind of north of Albany or somewhere up in that area, that was in upstate New York, and I was there for a couple of days, you know, before I finally got out of there. So it and it was actually while I was there it actually got quite warm it was in the one place it was like 90 degrees now i think it quickly dropped after that since i've been home it's struggled to get up in the low 60s here and i think right now if i if i look at my phone uh i think it's actually what's the weather here Right now it's 47. It's supposed to get down to 46, 45, or 45, and then it's, uh, currently it's raining. I guess it's supposed to be raining again tomorrow, so, (laughs) oh well. I did, when I made it home, I did have to uh, mow my lawn. lawn, I knew the lawn was going to be out of control because I could have mowed it when I was home, uh, the last time, but it really, it didn't really need it per se, so I, you know, I decided, and the ground was wet, and so I decided to just skip it, but, <clears throat> but I knew that this time it was going to be kind of out of control, and it was, it, it, it had really, uh, come up, and so I... Did go ahead and mow it, and so I kind of got that out of the way. And so from, you know, now, you know, through the rest of the summer and fall, every time I come home, uh, I'm going to end up being mowed, or, you know, mowing. You know, I'm going to end up having to mow. And, you know, and most of the time, although that can be kind of a chore most of the time, it is uh, kind of an enjoy. I do kind of enjoy it at the same time. But it's just, it's something kind of extra to do, you know. So, the thing I wanted to talk about, I was uh, in this restaurant the other day, and I was watching, uh, of course they have their TV, and I think I was, this was close to, where was I? I was in, I think I was in Illinois, somewhere in northern Illinois, uh, near there's sort of south of Joliet, and of course they had the TV. They had a TV on; and it was tuned to a Chicago uh, channel, one of the local channels, and they were. It had the news, and they had the. You know, they didn't really have the volume cranked up, but you could. You know, they just loved to have these TVs on in restaurants. You know, they're tuned to. You know, whatever. And in this case, it was you know. So they were showing that Lori Lightfoot. You know the, I guess the. She's now the kind of the ex-mayor of Chicago, and I'm sorry, but uh, she has always, you know, just looking at her, just look at an image of her, you know, and just w- watch TV sometimes with the volume turned down. It's really interesting. If you just watch with the volume turned down. You know, and don't uh, you know? And, and of course, you also it's better if you got the you know like closed captioning turned off, so you're not tempted to read the closed captioning. But just look at watch the images and watch how they change the images and what they show and how you know how quickly they change the images. But you look at her and she, uh, there's something about the now former mayor of Chicago that is kind of demonic looking. She just doesn't, she looks bad. uh, You know, kind of like dark circles under her eyes and she just, uh, I don't know, every time I've seen it, just any kind of a picture of her still image. She, you know, why, what, you know, you just look at her and you can tell Something's not right about her. And of course, she's had some just terrific policies for Chicago. Just absolutely outrageous. You know, Chicago is, uh, you know, people are moving out. Now they move into the suburbs. You know, of course, the suburbs are, a lot of the suburbs are kind of nice, but uh, Chicago itself is, you know, people are leaving. And with good reason. You know, because there's – look at all the shootings that happened there. And the riot – I guess recently there were just, you know, kind of random riots where people – you know, these basically hoodlums were sort of breaking, you know, breaking into uh, businesses and, you know, just vandalizing everything in sight. You know, and of course the police aren't doing anything about it. You know, who – why would people vote for somebody like that? And you know and I've just got you know the obvious answer. People vote you know you, if you you know and this this kind of happens in aggregate, but if you uh, have lost your character, if your character has gone missing. Let's say, let's say the character of a large group of people has gone missing. Who who are they going to vote for? People will, you know, they elect demons. Yeah, they literally elect people that are possessed. And I do, you know, you can laugh or whatever and think possession is not not a thing or whatever. But there, there are forces of evil, and there, there are forces of good, and there are forces of evil. And you know, especially in large cities, and especially Chicago, is uh, has a you know there's a serious problem there. And people, you know, kind of the the demon, if you're possessed, the demon this uh, worse than you are, sort of looks good. Right becomes wrong, wrong becomes right. you know and a lot of politicians you know they they're, they're possessed, but they they look better you know they don't look they don't have the demonic look necessarily, but uh, they you know some, a lot of them uh, are more adept at uh, sort of pre- you know presenting a slick uh, kind of a slick, Exterior, sort of a you know, kind of come across as really slick and charming. She, you know, the you know, but uh, they're still demonic. And the whoever replaced her is, uh, you know, is ma- the current mayor is probably going to be just as bad, or maybe even worse than she was. But that's just a good lesson. You know, you can just take this as a good lesson. If you, uh, and basically it goes back to the thing I love to talk about, uh, resentment. Because we all have, you know, we've all got character flaws, every single one of us. We all have our character flaws. And the problem is that You know, normally, let's say a normal situation, your character flaws are sort of contained, sort of by circumstance. You know, you could say financial circumstance. You know, combined with a social circumstance, typically will. You know, but it's largely governed governed by financial circumstances that ends up keeping our character flaws contained. And so you can look at people with lot that win the lottery. I've talked about this before. You know, 50% of people that win large lottery sums, you know, in the millions of dollars, it ends up ruining them. You know, you come back uh, some period of time later, you know, maybe two, three, five years later and they're bankrupt and their family's been destroyed. Maybe part of them are dead, divorced. All kinds of calamities befall them. And it's really because their character flaws no longer had the uh, financial constraints constraining them and they kind of went off the deep end. now that that doesn't always happen you know 50, half of the time 50% of the time that that doesn't happen but 50% of the time with it happening should that's a lot that should tell you something sometimes it happens to people that uh earn money you know michael i love you know i love to give michael jackson as as a, you know the big example of that he earned all that money, and it just. Uh, but he was able to buy his own doctor and you know drug prescriptions and what have you. And it ended up killing him. It ended up being the death of him. So, but it's really useful to realize that your character flaws, even if you've got financial constraints, your character flaws can take you out. So they're nothing to mess around with. And the biggest problem is resentment. Resentment literally cuts you off from who you could be. It cuts you off from your natural God-given identity. And maybe you don't believe in God does you know it doesn't for my purposes here it doesn't matter whether you believe in god or not whether you know there's a god or not resentment cuts you off from who you could have been it cuts you off from your natural identity whatever potential you had whatever potential you have Resentment literally separates you from that. Now the problem, you know, you, you know, you, resentment comes packaged with its own denial mechanism. So you can, people will swear all day long. Well, I don't hate this. I don't hate anybody. Usually, you resent your parents. You know, th- those are those are typically the first people that you you know that you come into contact with. Children come into this world sort of expecting, they're sort of looking at their parents as if they're perfect. They sort of expect their parents to be perfect and then, of course, the parents are imperfect and they resent them. They end up, you know, we have this as human beings, we have this proclivity to want to play God in our own minds. And so... They resent their parents and then, you know, then it snowballs from there. They resent the people at school because the schools are terrible. They resent the schools and they resent this and they resent that and people, you know, it's kind of like the snow, the proverbial snowball that you're you're sort of rolling around and it picks up more and more snow, you know, and the thing keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and uh, there you are. And even worse, you're in denial about it. You can't admit, "Oh, I I didn't hate my parents." You know. So, what you want to ask yourself, if you if the thought, let's say you can just kind of think of your parents. Maybe your parents are still alive. Maybe they're dead. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Or even if you didn't have any parents, you'd ha- you'd probably hate the fact you didn't have. You know, the dad ran out or whatever, or you were adopted. You'd hate that. You'd resent that. You know. So whatever the condition, you know, if you have to, if that thought of your parents or kind of interacting with them, if you find yourself being irritated by that, that's that's an indication that you resent them. That really is a good and, and so it's instead of just dismissing me right offhand, you know, oh, I don't hate my parents, do yourself a favor and just closely examine. What's, what do you have to lose by closely examining whether you actually resented your parents or not? Did your parents ever upset you? Did you ever become upset uh, towards them? You know, and be honest about it. You have nothing to lose. Really examine that. But that literally separates you. You know, it's not really whether you believe in God. It's whether God believes in you. Does God believe in you? And God can, can't believe in you as long as you're separating yourself from God's belief with resentment. So if you can get rid of the resentment, you have to really look at it, kind of go through the the situation with a fine-tooth comb and realize, you know, whether your parents were deliberately malicious or they were just inept, whatever, they did the best that they could and just... But regardless, you have to let go of it, and if you can do that, that then you end up with, uh, you know, kind of coming back to the identity that you were born with. You you come back to the uh, potential. that the resentment was separating you from so in other words you allow god to believe in you and that's that's a you know it's kind of a different thing, different way of looking at it But just you saying, well, you know, people will say, I believe in this or I believe in that. Well, it doesn't – that doesn't really matter. Do you know that? There's a giant difference between saying, I believe in God and uh, really being able to say, I know there's a God. And again, it doesn't really matter whether you believe there is or either, whether there is one or not. The fact is, resentment does separate you from the identity that you were born with or the potential identity that you were born with. Once you resent, you got two wrong choices. You either go along to get along, or you try to rebel and do the opposite. Either way, you've lost. And not only that, you're empty, you know, when, with resentment. And, you know, and like I say, resentment comes packaged with its own denial mechanism. So, you, you know, you, you, it makes it easy to think, oh, I don't resent. That does not apply to me. I'm the ex- I'm the exception. We all love to think that we're the exception, but it literally separates you from who you could be. But it also makes you feel empty. Ever feel empty? lots of people talk about feeling empty and then they feel lonely and etc 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 well of course they do because they the resentment is what's separating them from you know cuz if you can if you can get rid of the resentment it's been my experience getting rid of the resentment you know i never feel empty i never feel lonely and of course I have friends and I've got relatives and what have you. But I spend a great deal of time by myself and do I feel lonely or empty or whatever? No, I don't. Absolutely not. In fact, I you know, adding to that, I feel very, you know, very calm. Zero anxiety. You know, when you resent, you end up sort of becoming enemies with your conscience. If you can go through that and literally realize what you're doing, realize how bad resentment is and then really examine yourself. Exam- anytime something comes up and it kind of, you know, sort of makes you feel anxious about it, you'll start thinking about something that happened in the long past. At that point, instead of, you know, trying to distract yourself... It's best just to face whatever it is, you know, really go through the situation, examine what was my part in this, what did I do wrong? Ask yourself those questions with the intent of, with the serious intent of finding an answer, what you really want, you got to really want to know what the answer is. And it's, it's kind of an interesting thing, but if you ask yourself questions, it's, been my, it's my experience that if I ask myself questions, I get answers. And they may not be the answers that I, you know, the, the danger is it may, may not be the answer that I want. And I think that's what pre- prevents people from asking them, you know, from actually being honest with themselves and asking themselves questions. Is it, you know, they're afraid they're going to get the answer that they don't want. But you really, really need to uh, sort of go through, you know, when these things come up, you know, just instead of trying to run away and distract yourself with whatever you distract yourself with, just allow this, you know, whatever it is to catch up and just ask, you know, say, hey, you know, just ask yourself, what is this? Why Why does this make me feel uneasy? Why do I, this make me feel anxiety? It was something that happened, God knows, it may have been years and years ago. You know, maybe, and it's probably some, you know, something that happened with your parents or whatever. But that that is essentially everyone's problem is it is resentment and then all kinds of things you know can flow out of that negative things you know and then in, in order to try to because once you have resentment, of course, you you're empty, and then you also have this guilty conscience, you know, and then you have this, you know, and you try to run, drive your, drive a wedge between yourself and your conscience. You'll find other people that will agree with you that wrong is right, and right is wrong, and you end up. Uh, you know, if it goes on, you end up seeing the world completely backwards. The truth becomes the enemy. Even to the point with some people, you tell them the sky is blue and they'll argue with you. But Ideally, you want to make friends with your conscience. And if you're actually able to make friends with your conscience, no more guilt, no more anxiety. You know, and it's quite an amazing thing to be able to go. You know, because the burden, as it were, sort of lifts. It's a. Ama- it's really amazing. the burden is lifted. You know, life kind of becomes a breeze. It really does. It's it's just, it's really an astounding thing. But if you go to my uh, website, uh, let's see if I can bring that up here. By the way, we're doing a video. I, I think I'm, I'm going to go... and. Tr- No, I'm not. I'm going to put this... I'm not going to put this on YouTube. I'm only going to put this on uh, Rumble. I have a... I do have a Rumble channel. So what I'm going to do is... uh, That's not the right one. What I'm going to do... I guess it was. No, that's it. What I'm going to do is... uh, Put that up on Rumble simply because that's what I want to do right there. YouTube. The last couple of times I've uh, posted a podcast on YouTube, it's ended up uh, causing problems. the The YouTube AI didn't like what I said. Didn't like my content. So I've you know I'm just not going to do it anymore, or at least for right now. Because I don't want it, you know, it's just not worth the hassle. So I'll go ahead and put it up on Rumble. Of course, you know, there's going to be, uh, there will be a, uh, whoops, what did I do that for? I'm playing with the computer. There will be a, uh, the the regular audio version. And that's by far, that's what uh, most people are uh sort of listening to anyway, but if you want the video version, then you can, you know, it's, I'm going to put, like I say, I'm going to put it up on Rumble. I might try putting it up on YouTube, but I think I've already put my foot in my mouth as far as uh, calling the former mayor of Chicago a demon. The Google AI probably won't like that. (laughs) I wonder why. (coughs) You know, because I basically am basically saying that uh, all of the people in Chicago voted for, you know, they vote for demons. So let's see. There we go. So if you're watching the video now, I've brought up my browser with my website. And so it says Trucker Tom's podcast at the top and then underneath that. It says home, and then there's these are text links, and it says uh, video and meditation exercise. So if you click on that, which I'm doing right now, then you'll have uh, the you know there's a link to the meditation exercise right here, and uh, you know so there's there are three different uh, files. And then plus one that I did. So the, the three files, it says Introduction, Exercise, and Discussion. Those are uh, all, uh, those are old Roy Masters uh, MP3 files. You can either click on those and play them right on the the website or, uh, you know, down, right-click and download them. See so if you say Save Link As, it should allow you to, uh, yeah, See like a disc, you know, discussionmp 3 So you can actually save those to your what you know your device or whatever, and make burn them, you know, burn them onto a CD, even if you wanted to. But they're right there: uh, introduction, exercise, and discussion. And then there's also a version here where I, uh, you know, kind of made the file myself. So that's, that's also an option. So, but, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, I do believe, I can't promise the meditation is going to help everybody, but I do, do believe that it will help most people. And all you have to do is just, you have to, if you find that it helps you, stick with it. I know it's easy to it's super easy to procrastinate. It's just super easy to just, you know, do other things and not do that. In other words, it's super easy to be distracted. But it's absolutely worthwhile. And I'm not saying that things like entertainment or whatever are wrong. It's all in how you, you know, it's just these things are just things. You know, tools are tools. So there's really nothing wrong with it per se, but if you use that as a distraction, then, you know, that's a problem. But it's really, you know, the if you can learn, you know, kind of spend some time with this meditation, and like I say, it's up to you if you find that it helps you, it's up to you to continue with it. If, you know, so, but it's up there. Give it a try. You know, I talk, about, I know I talk about it ever so often, and, uh, but it is on my website, truckertompodcast.com. And, uh, you know, so it's it's there, and it certainly has helped me. No question about it. So, anyway, I think I'm going to bring this, uh, to a close we've been going on for about well, roughly 50 minutes or so so in any case I uh, hope everyone is having a great week and I will catch you later let's hope to see if I want to press the right button remember trucker Tom is like Visa He's everywhere you want to be. Product reviews, restaurant reviews, photos, opinions, and more. Visit Trucker Tom's website at www.truckerphoto.com. You've been listening to Trucker Tom's podcast, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. All you have to do is send us an email to tom at truckerphoto.com.